You are in the Gentleman's Club. This is Mr. Don Magic Wand, chairman of the board of famous players everywhere, and you're listening to the Gentleman's Club. Check, preach, have a knacker. It's the only way we're going to get any action. Coming to you free in MP3 from Los Angeles. It's the Gentleman's Club with me, Caleb Bacon. This is a show where I talk to people guys find interesting. Actually, this was a show where I talk to people guys find interesting because this is the last show. That's right. Shut the door on the Gentleman's Club with episode 154. The last show featuring my special guest, Chris Gore. First, I want to look back in time and thank the two guys who, without them, I could not have done the show. My original co-host, Tim Hammer, and the longtime engineer of the show, Jason, the big show, showered. Love those guys. Yeah, the Gentleman's Club started in the summer of 2009, and now it's ending here at the end of 2012. But uh, I'm not getting out of the game. I just wanted to start something new, which during the interview with Chris Gore, I'll talk more about it. But the new show is called Man School. Look for it February 1st, 2013 manschoolshow.com at manschoolshow on twitter facebook.com slash manschoolshow or you can keep you keep tabs on me I'm pretty easily found on facebook or calebbacon.com or on twitter at caleb eats bacon yeah today's show is a little bit self-indulgent because chris gore is coming here to basically just talk to me about the gentleman's club he's been a, a super great supporter of mine and i knew he'd be a, a perfect fit for the last show here you might know him from being a personality on g4's tack the show He's the host of the terrific podcast, Pod Crash. He's a published author, former magazine editor, done lots of fun stuff. Um, and perhaps you've heard him twice on this show before. So going to talk to Chris, or Chris is going to talk to me. You know, we'll talk to each other. It'll be a conversation. And then at the end of the show, there's going to be a special guest. Tim Hammer is going to check in uh, via voicemail, but he's going to let us know what's going on, his thoughts on the show, and we'll wrap it up that way. If you're, if you're listening to this, God bless you and thank you. The Gentleman's Club. All right, I'm here with Chris Gore. We're recording the last ever Gentleman's Club podcast. And right next to me is the first ever award that the Gentleman's Club has won. By So in my hands now is a crashy, because I won at the 2012 Podcrash Awards, which you can find on YouTube or I put on this site, an award for neatest podcasting space. <laughs> and Chris, I thank you greatly for, for the crashy, which I actually presented myself. Yes, you, you presented the award to yourself, and it's, it was really just a way for us to give acknowledgement and sort of a thanks to every podcast that had me on as a guest. Because your show, you do a different podcast every single week. Every single week, yeah. Pod, on, on Pod Crash, on my show, I'm a guest each week on a different podcast so I can talk about different things. And you very graciously, very early on, had me as a guest on your show, and I appreciate that. And, and I, I wanted all of the shows I was on to be able to, for them to be able to say, that they're an award-winning podcast. And now that you, you, yeah. know, you can say that about Gentleman's Club is an award-winning podcast. It, it, yeah, literally. It literally I, is. I have the award to prove it. And all, the award was handmade, handmade by my very hands. Knowing you, I think that's the only reason you had the show, was as like an excuse to like do crafting. <laughs> well, I like to say it's manly crafting, stuff where it's like, not like I'm good. I don't really use felt or I can't sew. Like whenever I do anything yeah. with fabric, I just glue stuff. The, the crashies were, I don't know, they look kind of cool. They you look fantastic. You I should really tweet like out a photo of yeah. uh, yourself holding it. I went, uh, I put a picture of it on Facebook. It was on my dashboard. Nice. I was going through a Del Taco drive-thru. Oh, that's great. You're just representing with the crashy on the dashboard. It's, it's like a, a mangled stripper pole because it's, it's two, it's these earbuds kind of entwined. Reaching like, for the sky. It is. It's reaching for the sky. It's, it's the, they're, they're lifting up. 
So I think that's also a good way for the Gentleman's Club to go out is award winning. Yeah, yeah. There'd been no awards before that. Yeah, and I'm no I'm, nominations. And I am both disappointed and excited for you. Disappointed that you know you're ending the show, but excited for you for the future because this has been one of the podcasts where I've I've learned so much. I've listened to and discovered uh, so many different people that I should be listening to, Jordan Harbinger uh, among them, mm-hmm. uh, Joel Stein. Uh, oh my God. I love that guy. You love Joel Stein. Yeah. He's, he's been on a guest. He's been I a love guest. Joel Stein. Lo- he's been a guest multiple times. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy hearing him on your show. And um, Joel was kind enough to mention me in Time Magazine. Oh, he did? In, in one of his columns. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I've never had so much love from people I know who are over the age of 55. <laughs> Lots of like, I saw you in Joel Stein's column. <laughs> that's hilarious. But, but the show, what I do like about what you do uh, on Gentleman's Club is this sort of towing the line between, here's, our, here's interesting dudes you really want to pay attention to. And they're not necessarily big stars. You know, they're just interesting men. And then... Adult film actresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I I just appreciate that the balance and and the line that that you struck. So tell me what what went into where where'd you come up with the name Gentleman's Club for the show? I mean, when did that pop in? And then also, it's it's such an obvious name, Gentleman's Club. Like mm-hmm. Gentleman's Club, I you, I would have thought that there would have been a show already named Gentleman's Club already that exists. Yeah, there there were some shows that had variations of it. Right. Uh, I think there was one old show called like the the Ypsilanti Gentlemen's Club, named for like the place they record the show. But by the time Tim Hammer and I started the show, it was already dead. That particular show. But was there a show called Gentlemen's Club with Cal Pork? Because that would be yeah. very close to your. No, no, nothing like that. All right, good. No, I would have sued that motherfucker. <laughs> well, that's why. I mean, like, I'm just saying, including your name in in the name of the show. I think is yeah. I think is a name that it's a way to brand you. That's yeah. why I did that with my show, and I think that works for you too. Well, thank you. But so when I started the show, it was the Gentleman's Club with Hammer and Bacon. Oh, was it? Yeah, because my so my friend Tim Hammer and I we started the show together. So that's why I like I don't know where the name Gentleman's Club came from because we were we this was back in two thousand nine. We had Hammer and Bacon sounds like the best two names. That's like uh, if you wrote that in a script. It's a, uh, this is too dumb. You're going to have to change these names. Hammer and Bacon. No one's going to believe that. that actually well, his exists. last name was Hamill. Right. But it was his, it was his like writing stage name. Hammer. Yeah, Hammer. That's a great, that's yeah, a great instead, stage instead name. of Hamill. So it was pretty close. But he wasn't like hiding behind it. When did you decide on the name though? Um, when we launched a show July 2009. We just wanted to do like a men's interest show. So our idea was for like segments on stuff like men find interesting. We, we were doing phone interviews back then, mm-hmm. which were with like lots of comedians. And our first porn star we had was, I think, Caden Cross. Wow. Who became the second porn star once I beca- did the show, like a one-on-one interview show. She so, popped your porn star she, cherry. Well, she was the second one to come over. Weird. That's that, the, the plane, if you can hear the plane right now, that's her flying out of Burbank, probably to Vegas to strip. Oh. That happens. They, there's a little extra money to be made there. I fell in love with her. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I should go back and listen to the episode and just hear, <laughs> hear how I sounded because she came over to my apartment. Uh, she's one of those beautiful women you could see, porn or otherwise. And she's smart and funny and she, like, busted my balls a little bit. And it was a lot to handle. Feisty. Yeah. It was just like in every category, she was like a 10. Wow. Well, it is important, I think, to have a woman that isn't just physically attractive. Have, there's got to be something more to her. Otherwise, it's like when you finish, you're done, <laughs> so to speak. Well, with her films, you could just turn them off. <laughs> right, that's, right. That's sort of how it works. But if she's real in real life, then uh, exactly. Oh, she's cool. She's yeah. very cool. So, so then you settled on the name, and then where did this song come from? The, the, the opener, I love that song. 
Uh, it was produced by my friend Paul Nolan, uh-huh. who is a, he's a great electronic music producer out of Liverpool. Yeah, so he makes music for like for trailers and you know short films and things like that. And he's doing pretty well. But we had this vocal sample from Don the Magic Wand because Tim interviewed him for an article, and he got him just to say it into the microphone. Oh my God, it's so good that that audio that audio we put it together. Pop of him is amazing. Yeah, do you know who he is? No, Bishop Don the Magic Wand. I've heard of. I've no. I, that name is so familiar. He's 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 one of those uh, he's one of those pimps, right? Yeah, he's a real pimp. He's the he's, pimp. He was in that. He was, oh, that's right. He was the in the uh, that. The pimp documentary. The pimp documentary yeah. was American Pimp. American Pimp. Right, right. That's right. Yeah, I knew I, knew. Snoop, I knew. I knew. I knew. Entourage. Yeah. And his big slogan is he. Well, he only wears like gold and green clothes. <laughs> right. Or like his car is gold and green. He's like a supervillain without a, without the minions. He, he does have the minions. They're prostitutes. Sure. He says green is for the money, gold is for the honey. Wow. Meaning the girls. Wow. And he, yeah, he lives. He lives by a different code. In terms of getting the bookings. For the show, how did you sort of tow this line? Because when you do look at like a list of the shows, it you do sort of do sort of go back and forth between adult film star, dude, adult film star, dude, adult film star, adult film star dude. Um, how did how did that was that from in the planning stages from the beginning? And then how do you do the bookings with these porn stars? Because what's <laughs> awesome is they actually come to your apartment, which yeah, is yeah. extremely neat. By well, the way, so uh, thank you. Well, that's why I won the Pod Crash Award <laughs> for neatest award or uh-huh. the Crashy, it's called. Yeah, the Crash. Uh, so, so Hammer and I realized we could have like all these guests on the phone because we had access to like lots of publicists and you know friends that work in the entertainment business, and they would just call up for like fifteen minutes, talk to them on the phone, and we'd have a, a good interview. But then all of a sudden, we found out we could get porn stars, and they would they would call up, and we did a couple of those. But once I realized they would come to my apartment, it was just like wow, game over. I gotta fo- I gotta focus on this. Wow. Like the first one who came over was. Uh, I'll, and I'll go back to answer your question, but Dana D'Armond came over, and I just tweeted at her, and it was like, hey, I have a podcast. you want to come do it in Hollywood? And she was just, she's a gamer. What, yeah, yeah. No, Dana, uh, I, we also, I also talk with her on Twitter. She's okay. very vocal. She's fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, tell me, tell me what it was like. Because the thing is this, you can go back and listen to the, that episode, but what was it like having her here? Tell, uh, you know. Well, I had like, I already had like 50, 60 episodes up, so it wasn't just like, come to my apartment, we'll do right, a podcast. Right. So that was, so I think that worked in my favor. she has favor. a podcast of her own, doesn't she? Uh, is it on I the Death know. Squad? I think it's on the Death Squad. Oh, okay. She has a podcast of her own now. But she's been on like Mark Maron's show, right. and she's done all these different podcasts, and she, she has fun with it. But so, so she came over, and she's a good-looking girl. She's tall, too, and I, I like tall girls. But she more looks How like How tall? A, she's like 5'10", 5'9", 5'10". Wow. Too much for you? Yeah, well, you don't like, I you like them. Like I like them like five seven or less. I want to know that they're in heels. I'm still. I can still <laughs> stand toe to toe. Yeah, my girlfriend Emily. She's five seven. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, but back to Dana. So so she came over and we just kind of recorded the show and it was it was it was a little bit weird because it was like oh I got a, I have a porn star in my apartment and someone who it was movies I've watched before. Uh, but she was totally cool and she was nice. But I was just a little nervous for it. Well, let me ask you: Do you, you know, once you've met them and then you get to know them and you're in their presence, does it feel weird to then see them in some adult film later? You're, you're watching something on the internet. Like, do you find that it's strange? Like, do you find that it turns you off now that you're like, oh, I've met her, I know her now, or like now that you've, you know, it's kind of like meeting a hero in a sense, or at least someone <laughs> you've jerked off to. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me. Oh, really? It yeah. you'll, you'll watch Dana. It's just like, eh, that's her doing her job. Well, also, that was like so long ago. If I like put on a Dana video, mm-hmm. I almost like forget. Right. Because that was 2010. I find much. it strange when I know an adult film actress and then I see them in porn. It's like I can't, 
I, I feel like it's a turnoff. It's like, <laughs> but I know her. I go to porn star karaoke. We've hung out. Like I know that person, Mika Tan, Nikki Hunter, Justine Jolie. Yeah, I get it. Friends of mine. I guess it doesn't matter to me though. Well, it, it, it it's odd that it affects me. I. No, I my, shouldn't have admitted this fact. Well, my friends are Jake and Eli, who who do the morning after podcast, which mm-hmm. they've actually just retired. Uh, they say like, "Oh, we could never jerk off to any of those girls," and I'm just like, "Oh well, all right. I guess I don't have that issue." And I don't like jerk off to all the girls I've had on my show anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've had a variety of adult yeah, film actresses, yeah. and I got and a- some of them aren't actresses. Oh, uh, how do you mean? Some of them are dudes. I had a, who was, it was Allie James came over. That's who and I'm she, talking and she about. was this, uh, like, super, super pale skin, blonde-haired, big-tit, like, 19-year-old girl. And she brought over her, like, he was sort of like a boyfriend. He was, like, this mm. black porn star named Julius Caesar. <laughs> right. Who probably had, like, a 12-incher. And <laughs> that was one of the things with the porn stars. When they come over, you never know if they're going to bring anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she came over with this guy, and he, he was just, like, here, sitting on the couch, like, you know, next to where you are for the interview. And I only like to do one-on-one interviews. And at the end, I was like, you want to just hop on the mic for a few minutes? And we talked, and it was super boring. Mm. He, had, he had nothing to say. Did you end up using it? I don't know. Yeah, I used it. He was a nice enough guy, but never had any like full male porn star interviews. I've heard that about adult film actresses is like the dudes that are in adult film. They're kind of himbos. They're kind of just like really dim individuals. Yeah. Not, I mean, if you're a guy in that arena that's actually semi-intelligent, <laughs> you'll be hugely successful because most of the guys are just, they're really good at just like, you know, getting hard on command. Eva Carrera came over, who's like this Belgian porn star. Mm-hmm. And she was with, she, she came with a male talent, this guy, Alec Knight. Mm-hmm. And I, I like recognized him more than I recognized her because there's so like few guys they use in porn. He's like one of the main guys. And they, they're at my front door, totally dressed like people who like work in porn, like just kind of kind of trashy, but loud. You know, her big fake tits were all over the place. And he's drinking a four loco. And so right on my porch, I'm like, this is the experience of having porn stars over, like personified. Well, first of all, I have to applaud you for this last show, not doing a clip show. Most, most shows, especially like in bad television, It'd be, well, here are the best moments. Here's a, you're not, you know, you're not, there's no studio audience. You're not doing, but if you were going to play clips, so to speak, what are some of the most, tell me some things in terms of most or best, like most revealing moments from the show in, in terms of the guests and, and, and yourself as well, because it is a conversation where you include yourself as part of it and your experiences. So what would you consider to be the most revealing moment and or moments? That is a great question. Man. All right. You can skip that one and go to best, some of the best guests. And you don't mention me because, <laughs> you know, I've been on your show a couple times. It would be awkward. I'd feel embarrassed. So, so any other than me, best guests who've been on the show. Well, it was great to have you on the show and we became good friends out of it. So yeah, was, exactly. So that was cool. Like, yeah, like we've hung out. Yeah. We've, you know, you've been on my show a couple times. We've yeah. done live shows together. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know that we'll do other projects together yeah. in the future. I just have a feeling about that. Yeah. But but there's there's in terms of just sort of your, you know, highlights from the show. I mean, there's like favorite episodes I have where it's like the Vegas show. I think it was sure. one of my favorite shows because it was a multiple interviews. There were adult film actresses. Jordan Harbinger is on there. Always a good get for as a guest. Um, I feel like I learn more and more about him all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I love that episode because so Jordan and I go to Jordan. And it was on the it was, uh, you know, normally you record in your apartment. This was like. You know, you recorded some on the scene. Yeah, yeah, we went to Vegas for, yeah, I mean, for the porno awards. Yeah, and I was 
I was out of work, but I was supposed to go back to the HBO show Luck, like the right. like the next week. And he was speaking at a conference because you know he's a dating coach and he, he gives all these talks and stuff like that. And I, so I found out I was to go, to go back to work the next week. And he's like, "I'm going to Vegas. You want to just come with me?" And I look at the calendar. It's like uh, it's Porn Award Weekend. <laughs> I got a free place to stay. You know, he's getting paid for his thing. And, and you're a member, legit member of the media. Yeah. Yeah. Talk your way into that. Uh, yeah, so they gave me a press pass. I brought my recorder. And the, the actual convention for the porn convention, well, you can hear all about it on the Vegas episode, but it, it was just, like, so loud. So it was kind of hard to record. But I, It sounded great. Well, I got, like, uh, John Stagliano, the, the famous porn guy who fought the First Amendment. Like, we went out into, like, a hallway where it was quiet. And then uh, Sophie D, she came out with me and went out into a hallway. Oh, she's hot. She's, uh, she was cool. She's British, so that was cool. And so then Jordan and I did like our recap of the show. The was recap was a, amazing. Thank you. Uh, it was such a crazy, fun weekend. Some of the stuff didn't make it into the recap. <laughs> yeah, a little, little too racy for the show even. But Really? Well, because we hooked up with girls. Oh. And we just sort of let, left that aside. But hmm. it, it was a very good trip. Hmm. It, it was like, if I had like picked like a perfect Vegas porn award weekend trip, it would have been that. Like it totally worked out. Just like that, and that's one of the reasons I don't mind letting go of the gentlemen's club now, is because like some of the some of the, like the best case scenarios like happened, like with the show, and, like that was one of them. We got to record a fun show out of it, and then you have formed relationships with other people. You mean Joel yeah. Stein and, and uh, among yeah. others, and and like in terms of adult film actresses, many of them have become friends. Uh, yeah. When are- I say many, I'm thinking of like maybe two. Well, some of the girls, like the friendship <laughs> kind of goes in and out because they, right. dis- they just disappear. So to speak. Like Courtney Page. So I interviewed her on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, really good looking. She's half black, but she, like, they put her in all these movies as like Latin because mm-hmm. she just has like sort of dark skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like a fun chick, but I think she's probably, you know, crazy in the way porn chicks are crazy. Just like super flaky. But so we, I brought her to, so season one of HBO Luck, we have the rap party at the Beverly Hilton. You know, Dustin Hoffman's there, oh, Nick wow. Nolte, Michael Mann, huge, huge big thing. And mm-hmm. so I bring the porn star because I'm like, all right, I got to do this. Nice. And because, well, what happened is I was dating a nice girl who dumped me by email the week before. What? Yeah, yeah. I was because this I'd girl been, dumped you by email. I've been single for a little while and right. kind of playing the field. And then so I met a nice girl and I'm like, oh, this is good. You know, I'll probably have a girlfriend here. And she just kind of like freaked out for unknown reasons. And How long were you seeing her? Like uh, two, three months. And then, and then just like, yeah, it's sort of like at the, the check-in point. Yeah. It's usually yeah. at a month, you know, 90 days, six months. There's little check-in points and the little, you know, evaluation. Well, I don't know about you, but like something I like to do is if I'm going to be boyfriend, girlfriend, like let's talk about it. Let's call it what it is. Let's not just have it like drift and be like, oh, what are we? Yeah, yeah. Unless, I, unless I, in the past, I tried to avoid that conversation. Yeah, I tried to avoid that conversation. The, but, you know, I try to be, like, more honest with my relationships now. So the nice girl dumps me by, me by email, and I was going to bring her to the rap party. So in Hollywood, you have, like, as you know, you have rap parties and you have premiere parties. The premiere party is, like, the red carpet gala thing. Everybody watches the episode and parties. But the rap party is where you just, you just congratulate everyone who worked on the show and it is like, you know, all like the sexual tension for people who wanted to hook up with over the shoot. They finally get that out. There's an open bar. People just go crazy. So it's one of like the more kind of fun, unique experiences you can have. And I'm like, oh, bring the bring the porn chick. Well, well, then, and then and then so that must have uh, up, up to your attraction level, because I kind of feel like also like if you hang out with a girl who's attractive, 
And this is advice I've actually heard from the Pickup Podcast, actually, um, to throw out a plug for them. If you're just around girls that are attractive, it'll attract other girls. Yeah, you're vouched for. You're, exactly. It's like, oh, you've been vetted. Like, look, there's a hot girl. Like, he must have something going on. Yeah. So, so that, that definitely must have helped in that arena. Well, what happened was, like, all the guys I worked with just uh, wouldn't stop talking about that for, like, a whole year. So, <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Uh, we, and we did not hook up that night. Uh, now, can you talk about who you have hooked up with on the show? Um, have you, I have hooked up with guests. You have hooked up with guests. Chris Gore. That's that's that was a big one, <laughs> right? But but the Silver uh, Fox. You don't you don't. I mean, you didn't have to talk about it, but you know, just blink if just uh, with use use Morse code and tell me which of the adult <laughs> film actresses that you hooked up with. No, I to- I totally won't say. But the one thing I will say is. There was one time, like, sort of the ultimate situation happened. Like, if I was going to write, like, Dear Penthouse Letters, like, this is what it would have been. Girl came over for a podcast. I didn't know her, wasn't familiar with her work. Uh, she, just, she just came over, kind of got hooked up by a third party, and she stayed for 30 hours? <laughs> it, yeah, it was like a Saturday to Sunday, Saturday afternoon to Sunday night sort of thing. Ah, uh, those were the days. Well, actually, I had a date that night. Uh, and I brought her on it. You brought Did I tell you this? Other, yes, I believe you told me okay. part of the story. Does it involve a ticket? A ticket? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. No, like getting a ticket, a parking ticket. Oh, no, that was, that was, a, that was a different thing. Okay, cool. All right, so yeah, well then tell, tell me this. So wait a second, you brought a porn star to your date. Yeah, I brought a porn star on my date. And how, what, at what level was this date? It definitely wasn't a first date. That no, been... it was a girl who I was just kind of messing around with. So it, it was, was more casual. It's one of those, like, because people don't even call it dating anymore. They call it, let's just hang out. Well, no, if I want to date a girl, I'll date a girl. Right. But this was more just kind of casual hanging out. Right, right. And we just had, like, plans to, like, hang out and, and do stuff. Uh, and I was just like, ah, fuck it. I'm bringing the porn star along, too. Uh, There's no threesome. But my original date ended up getting kicked out of the evening, <laughs> <laughs> which was, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. Well, I appreciate that you're going to keep that a mystery. Also, I'm just sort of like done with porn chicks. Well, would you recommend, I mean, to, to the listeners out there, would you recommend starting a podcast centered around interviewing adult film actresses as a way to meet them? Like, like having done that, okay, so you've done that, right? Yeah. The initial thought is, and this, I, I, I feel in some way like connected because, you know, I worked for Hustler Magazine as a writer. Right, And I right. would direct photo shoots. And I was the envy of all my friends. Right. But the thing is, then I'm meeting these women, and they're not quite as attractive no. as I initially thought. So so what is your takeaway from from having met all of these? You probably met, God, 50 plus. How many would you guess? No, I'm on the show maybe like two dozen. Yeah, so halfway to 50. Okay, well, it seems that way. Yeah. It definitely seems like one of those all-girl... <laughs> orgy things but i mean so you've met a lot of them like what what is the takeaway from it like do you have more or less respect are you just more like are like what is what, like where do you stand on on them i mean it's and it's whatever you feel you'd like to reveal well they're just really flaky <laughs> so that's that's a big thing it's like there is a thing they call porn time sure porn time is like ah, i'm an hour late i'm two hours late i'm on time yeah, I'd have like a lot of girls like call up, or, I, or I'd call them and be like, oh, hey, are we still doing this podcast today? You know, not trying to be like too much of a dick, because mm-hmm. they're a little bit delicate in the first place. Right. And to be like, oh, I thought that was Thursday, you know, and it'd be like right. a Tuesday. Or one time there was a girl. But it does, that is another day of the week that starts with T. I can see sure, how they would get sure. confused. That's an example. Right. And one time, so the Twitter account is at Gentleman's. 
<laughs> a girl tweeted, going to podcast with at gentlemen's. Never showed up, never heard from her again. Weird. Yeah, super weird. And then a bunch of girls would just like totally flake. So they, t- they took up like a lot of time. Right. So, so it's almost like you were dating them. <laughs> yeah. Like the al- time suck. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Not, the, not the kind of suck you were looking for. No, that time would, suck. Yeah. The plan was like never to hook up with them. It was just like, wow, how fun is this? I could have porn stars in my apartment. We could talk about whatever. It uh, wasn't the plan, but maybe in the back of your head. No, no, I didn't even think it was possible. It's also funny, like, some of the girls I've interviewed are out of the business already. Oh, really? Yeah, because they're not even in it that long. Hmm. So it's like their Twitter pages are gone and things like that. Wow, they just sort of delete themselves. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They're gone. Like, clean slate. Oh. Yeah. Uh, So you got to tell me, then, what is the most revealing moment on the show? And I want to know what's your most revealing moment. So, so like, one from a guest and then one from yourself. The... uh, the craziest revealing moment came from Ashlyn Lee, who's a porn star. She's like, maybe she's 20 by now. She's getting older. She did the show twice. She came over, first time was on Easter, which is just <laughs> kind of funny. And then the next time I think it was on like 9-11. So, wow. Yeah, so we spent holidays together, Chris. <laughs> and she talked about, she's known for just being like crazy on screen. And she'll, she'll do whatever. And she had a director, and I put this clip up on YouTube, uh, just as like a audio video. And she told, this director told her like, she needs to practice her anal control. And so she's like, all right, how do I do that? And he's like, well, take a golf ball, put it up your ass. And somehow that was supposed to be an exercise. I don't see that as like an, like, I don't know, what do you do? Do you just put a golf ball up your ass? Like, all right. So she did that and it got lost. How she got it out in, it was a gross kind of bloody mess she talked about on the show and so the funny thing about like the porn chicks is, did it involve getting fisted? Uh, did it have to be pulled out? Like she, she I'm kinda, imagining uh, Bill Murray from Caddyshack going after the Gophers and going into the holes with that. Anyways, she uh, essentially went through the front door as a way to get it out the back door, just kind of manipulating the tissue inside. Yeah, yeah. So good times. Like pushing on there, like giving birth to a baby. Uh, a, a golf ball butt baby. Oh my god! Yeah, you. I mean, you're you have this scared, scared look on your face. Right no, now. just I'm trying to imagine it. It sounds awful. Yeah, she she kind of reached in and, but it was through the front door to get it out the back door. Oh, so just like push the skin and yeah. Blah. So that was the most revealing moment. But at the same time, like I would say that's the grossest moment. It was the oh, it's easily, definitely revealing easily. and gross. I think that's m- multiple moments. Yeah. in ra- wrapped in that story. It's just sort of like craziest. Definitely craziest moment. But wow. for her, that was just like a Sunday afternoon. Sitting home at home. Going to put a golf ball. Sunday afternoon by herself. She just went to Big Five and picked up some uh, Titleist balls. And I would say that, like, to me, KFC, I'm not going to disparage KFC, but I will say this. There's so much grease in that. You eat it, and it is literally a diuretic. It's just, yeah. it's like if I ever have any issue with my bowels, <laughs> it to me, it's like, well, going to have to get some <laughs> KFC. Yeah. Give me the extra crunchy. That would get the golf ball out. That would get the that would get a lot everything out. It would be clean me out. So that was her, that was like the most revealing moment from a guest. But the porn chicks don't mind talking about anything, right? So it's not like she wouldn't have told that to anyone else. And I'm such a great interviewer. I got that out of her. It just so happened, and it was very very memorable. Did you ever feel intimidated by some of the uh, uh, adult film actresses? Just Caden, because I fell in love with her. Right. Because she's just a lot. 
Wow. Yeah, she, I mean, she's just amazing. I oh. want to look her up now. Oh, you should. You should. Well, you. I mean, is she out of the business now? No, she's she's blonde, big titted, perfect body. Not my type. Not your type, but <laughs> she just has like a sort of like transcendent beauty that you right. would, you would appreciate, whether or not you want to jack off to her or not. Right. Some of the girls that came over, not that hot. Like, they're, no, that's, they're okay, what's, what's shocking is you and I both had this experience where you've see you see these you know porn stars and they're gorgeous like on camera their makeup's perfect their right. hair they're like you know everything's the right angle like the, the lighting you see them in person they're not that hot a lot of them are really short too yeah because the guys are short and one of like the, I have a theory about this well so the cocks look bigger the cocks look bigger yeah. because you get a chick who's five foot or five foot two like to me like a Mika Tan who's very tiny girl I mean she's got to be five foot. And, you know, like the dicks just look bigger. It's just a whole thing of scale. It's like, you know, like a a lot of, uh, uh, you know, male stars, celebrities of like the 40s and 50s were short because they would save money on the sets and they'd have to cast other short people around them. (laughs) No, it's true. But I mean, you know your stuff. Well, but the porn stars, I yeah, like that to me, it's like that makes so much sense now. Yeah. Wow. So what's what's your like, is there is there any sense of sort of like. Now that you've met them, it's sort of like that is the magic of that is all gone. Do you do you look at porn the same now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, well, I you're still to, willing willing to just suspend disbelief. Back before I got sober, I used to hang out with a group of people, and sort of one of the, like the guys who was part of that crew is this porn director Johnny Darko, and he would always have like you know porn chicks around and stuff like that. So I used to be like around porn people before, and also going out to clubs in L.A. You know, you see him and stuff like that. But so it was never. It was never like a huge, huge curtain. And, I, and just listening to Howard Stern over the years, right. you get like a good sense of him. I think Stern is smart to keep his distance. He's, he's friends with a few of them that are yeah. regular guests in the show. A scant few. But yeah, I, 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 I've learned the same thing. There are ones in that arena that are reliable and cool to hang with. I would say Mika Tan, Justin Jolie, and Nikki Hunter, who sure. perform with me at I.O. West... Yeah, in Nick, comedy shows. Yeah, I know Nikki and Justine. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're, they're just Tan like is cool great. chicks. They're just cool chicks like off camera. Like they're into nerdy stuff. They're all into nerdy well, stuff. That's why you like them, yeah. Well, that, I like them because they're into nerdy stuff. Like I could sit there and talk about Marvel comics and stuff while we're talking about, you know. I know, it's funny. Porn stuff will come up here and there. But the, the we've thing, had sort of, both had kind of revelations in that arena. Yeah, I mean, when people say, uh, you know, they're all just like damaged. They've been touched up by their uncle. Stuff like that. I don't think I especially disagree. <laughs> Yeah, I I would yeah. But I, Unfortunately, but I, I would uh, agree with some of that. But, but I mean, I don't like, it's, judge it. I, yeah, I wouldn't judge it either. It's like, look, there's a lot of people that are damaged. Not everyone just because you're damaged doesn't mean you're going to go into porn or just because you're you know all those th- th- that's stupid. And a lot of them just like aren't in touch with that damage. They right. they will be someday. But you know, when you're in the middle of porn and you're making money and you have all these like fans and stuff, it's sort of hard to like get in touch with your dysfunction. Well, I'm certainly empathetic. Yeah, f- you know. And and hard. Yeah, but. like one girl came over one time. She was like pretty high. Mm-hmm. I don't know on what. Mm-hmm. And it was just like you know, not not a big deal, but doesn't always make for a good interview. Let's talk about the non uh, porn related most, guests. Most of the shows. Most of the shows. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. I'm sorry to focus on that, but it's but in terms of you know like the, the non porn related guests, mm-hmm. you've had some amazing talent on in terms of comedians. Uh, writers, just fascinating people. Jeff yeah, Ulrich, I listened to that episode. That was really fascinating. Yeah, CEO of Earwolf. Yeah, yes. Jeff, Jeff and I have become pretty good friends too. Yeah, I mean, it, you really had on, like when I look at like, when I'm scanning through to like, what episodes did I not listen to? It's like, you really are selective. You know, what, what are the kinds of people you look at to be on the show? I like people who are like supposed to be fun. 
like Jeff, I didn't really know other from than this podcast, like the Wolf Den, but mm-hmm. that was more just like interesting. Like I get an episode to kind of like geek out about the inner workings of the podcast world. Uh, but like Paul Shear, uh, Paul's great. I mean, I know you know Paul. You've yeah. you've, done, you've done his show. I've met Paul like a few times out in public or different parties, and he's just like one of the nicest, the nicest, nicest guy guys. on the planet. Yeah, love that guy. And that was. I'm gonna see him later today. He's on Attack of the Show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Like last time I saw him, he was like, "Oh, how'd everything go on Luck?" You know, just nice guy. You know, yeah, remembered yeah. my stuff. And he, so he was super cool. Uh, Paul Rust, I really loved. He was he was writing the new Pee Wee movie with Pee Wee for Judd Apatow. I don't oh, know. Oh, I, I heard that. That was a great. Now. Yeah, that was a great one. I heard that. It was Thank great. It, and it was great because he didn't talk about a lot of stuff. He talked around it. Yeah. It was great. That was a great interview. Oh, thank you. I don't know if that movie's going to get made now. Cause, really? Well, because that interview was like a year and a half ago, and I haven't heard anything new about uh, it. Hollywood moves at a glacial pace. Yeah. Stuff takes forever. I mean, you know, I yeah, would say that's from my own experience and just it's anyone a else. Pee Wee Herman movie. How, how, like, how long can you wait to do that? He's yeah. not getting younger. Yeah, it's I, who knows. I'm sure it's budget stuff and a whole bunch of yeah. other things. I'll bet he could do a Kickstarter. He doesn't need. Yeah, well, he yeah, doesn't need a studio true, to do at this it. Point. You know. Well, yeah, well, the studio owns that script. You, For now, until it goes yeah. in turnaround, and then he can get it back. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, that was really, but also like Janet Varney, who was on the show. I love Janet. I love Janet too. And Paul, Paul, and Janet are all from the improv world. That's right, Paul and, Gilmartin. Uh, well, no, Paul Shear. Oh, Paul, Paul Shear. Rust. Right. No, Paul Gilmartin's from stand-up. But, right. But the, and Janet, they're, they're all from improv. And improv people are great to interview because they'll, they'll like give you more space. It's not, some people you interview, they're just like, okay, here's my answer. Next question. But those guys, like, they, you, like, they play around. You have fun. So that was very cool. Jan interviewed. Janet's interview was great. Um, I got to interview Steve Byrne, the comedian who stars in Sullivan and Son, the TV show that I work on. What was cool about that was I did the interview, and Steve's like one of the best guys. I love Steve. And we did the interview in his like dressing room on the stage at Warner Brothers when we were shooting the pilot. And so it was kind of cool to like hear about someone, like what they're going through. Like, oh, I'm starring in this show that may or may not be a show, doing it now, get to hang out with all my friends, having a great time, and just sort of, sort of talking about that. And that was, that was cool. And it's worked out because the show's a hit. We're coming back for season two. Literally millions of people watched. Wow. Yeah, it was such a such a fun show. Now, what's what's what would you say your most revealing moment about yourself was on the show? The fact that I just admitted to having <laughs> hooked up with a porn star <laughs> on this this episode. <laughs> but what I mean is there are there things about you that your audience because you'll throw in little personal details about yourself in uh, you know episodes. I'll just hear stuff here and there. And then you and I hanging out. I'm wondering. I'll remember something about you. and Go. Did I hear that on the podcast or did you tell me that? Yeah, I have that experience with <laughs> people too, yeah. Yeah, we're just like, huh, because now we know each other. Like, did you, did, and, and then like, there'll be things where it's like, I'll tell a story, even myself, I'll tell a story to a friend. It's like, have I told that on the show or I'm telling the show version right, of right. that? You know, there's more details to that. Is there something that the audience needs to know about you that you really want them to know? Feel free to to, to, pa- to pause on this answer, okay? Because we can come back to it. Because you're going forth with other ventures. This is yeah. this is while this may be the end of Gentlemen's Club. There's a new. Can we talk about it? Yeah, yeah. There's a new show that that's upcoming. You that I think is brilliant. It's what it's well, thank you. Best idea for a podcast I've heard in since I've <laughs> since learned podcast. what a podcast was. Yeah. Well, one of the things that happened this year was I had a really good year career wise. I moved from working on HBO Hour Dramas into comedy, which is where I wanted to be. So I got to work on Sullivan and Son. I got to work on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Worked on Animal Practice, which got canceled. And actually, and I just worked on a pilot for Nickelodeon. It was, it was live action. 
And I was like, oh, Nickelodeon, this is going to be kind of stupid. But it's actually a ton of fun. And again, the writer's room is basically just like a regular sitcom writer's room. Cause you can, have... can you say like what, okay, like just for the people out there, what's your specific title in there? Well, so I've had... Title's kind of also relevant in yeah. some regards. Like what did you, what I've do you do? I've got to do some good uncredited television writing. <laughs> but so far, the titles I have, if you look at my IMDb page, are script coordinator and writer's assistant, which are like the two junior level positions that are in writer's rooms. In it's TV. the precursor to being a writer. Yeah. And, and a lot of those jobs, you get to do some writing too. It, you just have to wait for your credit. Except, except they don't call it writing. They call it research. Yeah. I've uh, <laughs> Right? It's, but it's all good. You know, it's like I haven't had to be a waiter. You're, you're uh, as they would say in the mafia, you, you're making your bones, right? You, you, yeah. You got to, you got to, you got to kind of, you got to go through that to get to the place that you want to be, which is, I'm assuming writer, producer, yeah. doing other shows. Yeah for, yeah, for television. I'm almost 32, 32 next week. I still haven't made any money. But I've gotten to work with like... 32 is the new great. 22. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> My girlfriend's 28, so... Are, are you going through a weird thing in terms of like... Well, here, I'm going to give you... Here's my long answer to your question. So I got so busy this year with all this other stuff. The Gentleman's Club, I just couldn't put as much time to it. And it wasn't as like inspired to. And what I realized was like, all right, it's 2012. When I started Gentleman's Club with Tim Hammer, I was in like such a different place than where I am now. So I wanted to launch a new show that's more reflective of like where I am now and something I'm more excited about. That's why on February 1st comes Man School. Man School, it is a brilliant idea for a show. And I, I, also, I just think it's, it's an idea that's just sort of out there. And I think this show is a show that I will subscribe to well, thank you. on iTunes. But what I'm interested in are like, what are experiences men have had that are interesting that they've been able to learn from? Because something like for me is I've been helped out through life by like a lot of friends by their experience. You know, people who've been like, here's what I've done so you don't have to do it in terms of screwing up or like, like, hey, here's what you're going through or, or you've gone through something. You know, like if I ever go through a divorce, I can talk to you about it. Yes, that's true. You can. Yeah, because you've been there. <laughs> and and I like that. And I and I feel or like raising kids. I could tell you about. Sure. I could tell you my I have very specific philosophies about Child rearing. Sure. And I find so like I've been helped in life by like friends who've had different experiences. So I want to do a show that's dedicated to those experiences. So each episode is going to be about a certain topic or theme. And, you know, we could have the divorce episode and we can talk about that. And even though I'm not going through divorce, I'd like to know, you know, how'd you get through it? What was it like? Some episodes I've already recorded are some guys who've had cancer in their 20s, uh, depression, but it's not, it's not all just like heavy stuff. Like I want to talk about like going bald, uh, bachelor parties. Things like that, but also an episode I've done, which I think is like one of the I've already I've already recorded. It. I haven't put it together yet, but now it'll come out February first about being kidnapped. And what? Jo- yeah, Jordan Harbinger, who we already talked about from Pick a Podcast and The Art of Charm, he's been kidnapped twice. Oh my god! Yeah, he's like this crazy international traveler who he doesn't look for trouble, but he's literally just been to so many different kind of war torn places that he's just found, found himself in some situations. Like, he got his ass kicked by these, like, rogue military guys in Serbia and drugged, and it was crazy. And so we talk about that on the show, and some other guy who I met, which I kind of randomly met in Hollywood, talks about being kidnapped in Africa. This is, I, I cannot wait for Man School. So Man School is kind of the evolution of your experiences with Gentleman Club. Gentleman Club was kind of like a way to get to this new place, this new yeah, direction in your yeah. career. Yeah, I want to take, like, everything I've learned in podcasting and put it towards... Something, like I said, something I'm more excited about, something that's a little bit more serious, because the sh- while the shows are fun, uh, you know, I like the idea that people can listen and, like, learn something. 
or there's there's something to take away. Like I hope I never get kidnapped, but <laughs> I'll I'll have that in my head if I do. Right. Actually, Jordan offered some like good stuff about if if you get kidnapped, what to do. The Gentleman's Club. Yeah, because your show attack well attack of the show. Is going off the air at the end of this month. Yes, end of this month, although it'll be in repeats or whatever for, you know, I don't know. Yeah, because the network G4 is flipping to something else. Yes, it's calling G for Men. G for Men. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good luck to all those people. Yes, but yes. You've, you've been on that show for how many years? Eight years. It'll be almost eight years. It's almost like eight years. One of the longest possible runs you can have in television. It's, yeah, that's a, that's a good run. Like, I, yeah. I, I feel really gratified by it. Like, I feel like. That's good, but this isn't about this isn't about me. Well, are you going to have a final show that you get to do like a final thing in? I have been told that I'll reveal something. I have not been able. I have been told. I've got a memo that says I cannot address the fact that the show's going off the air. I can't talk. I can't say goodbye to the audience. Now it is a live show, mm-hmm. and they can't really fire me. I am concerned that they may try to hold my severance check. Yeah, you don't want. To but I've been doing something, and I'm fairly confident that people from Attack of the Show are are not going to listen to this, but I've been doing something the last four weeks, which I know there's only four DVD days left. When I hold my card, I'm holding a card at the beginning of DVD day. Mm-hmm. The fourth one I held with four fingers. On the third one, I had three <laughs> fingers. Yeah. Today, I'm going to hold two fingers. And on the last one, I'm gonna, you're going to see one finger I'm going to be holding the card with. I'll just be holding it like this. A middle finger, perhaps. And I'm going to do little screen grabs of it. Then I'm going to write a blog about that was my little inside <laughs> joke to myself. Yeah. I did a thing once where I would do little secret messages in film threat where I would have like the first letter of every sentence in a paragraph spelled out a secret message. And I would do that constantly as a way to entertain myself. <laughs> I like that. And usually it was like, you know, uh, something disparaging about someone who thought it was, was a prick. Well, also what I want to do is I want to thank all the people who've been part of the show. You, you, yeah, you, you, let's, let's hear the thanks and acknowledgement. Well, Tim Hammer, my original co-host, because doing a podcast was his idea. But I used to do college radio. I've always loved like talk radio and stuff. And uh, so I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And then so want to thank him. And then he left after episode 50 to move back home. And I just took the show over to what it is now. But Jason Showered, who was our audio engineer, who put in so much work at the beginning. We used to record the show. It was way more complicated than it need to be, needed to be. But, you know, that's what it took to learn how to, how to do it this way. It still sounds good, if not better. But... Jason put in so much work, and he's he's a great dude. Everyone's been a guest on the show. All my friends who like listened to early shows when I wanted like feedback, because some of the first few shows were real clunkers. All the fans, all the listeners. I, I feel weird using the word fans, but I've gotten some nice nice um, emails over the years, and it's kind of fun to have like random like high school kids try and add me on Facebook. Like, who is this guy? And they're, they're gentlemen's club listeners who must like the uh, the porn stars. Or, or maybe like the Chris Gore episode. Do you have a lot of high school fans? I don't know. They're, they run the gamut. Because there yeah. are people that are, like, having done different things, I feel like I have fans of different things I do. Like podcasts are just a fan of, did they only know me from DVD Day yeah. and Attack the Show? They only know me from Film Threat. So they're like, that's an older, that's older dude. Or someone from the indie <laughs> film world or festival world. So my fans are kind of all over the map. I actually don't know what my fans are. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I have much of a fan base, frankly. I feel like it's just splintered. But... But, um, but there's a lot of them for you. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I don't know. I not enough, but plenty. I, yeah, I feel like if I could, you know, if I can survive attack going down, <laughs> that that'll be cool. Who else? In terms of like, I'd like to hear like in the podcast world. So you thanked everyone. 
There's been a lot of people like in the podcast world who've like helped me out with like technical questions. I want to ask about that. Who inspired you and who like maybe they're not a guest, but they're maybe uh, a show that not necessarily a rival, but just like someone other people from the world of podcasts that you that you admire. Uh, well, people who've like uh, or ins- kinda, admired or have inspired. Well, you. people who I like to like talk to about this stuff or like you know inspirations in their own different way. You know, like you and all the stuff you do. Adam Spiegelman over at Dream Tweet proudly resents. Uh, Giovanni Giorgio, Adam Carolla super fan over at the Geo Podcast. He's been great. My friend Dan Katz over at the Podcasts. You know, and I, I always like what uh, Jake Weissman and Eli Oldsberg were doing with the Morning After Podcast with just the porn thing and doing their own version of it. It's cool to see Jason Horton and Josh Mattingly with two white guys. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the I show was on that the you've show. Been on. Yeah, they're doing... I performed with them too at iOS. Cool. Uh, those guys are, you know doing it on video right you know and that's pretty cool big shout outs to adam carolla who i was a fan of for like a million years but once he started to do the podcast it it opened opened it up yeah i mean they're definitely he's a pioneer i would say mark maron's a pioneer um i mean just like the the people out there that i think have just like really moved the medium forward yeah yeah i mean with mark's mark show it's especially cool because he's got that thing that nobody else has is he has like relationships with all these people Right. From over the years. And as much as there's other good interview shows, like it's interesting that he's got history with people. But I have to compliment you on your interview style because you're very disarming. I mean, there's some... I, 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 Thank you. And that actually, I think, gets people to open up. I mean, that's why I think that your interviews are so good is you're not overbearing. You're kind of like soft-spoken, but not like... You're not shy, but I feel like you have a disarming nature that um i think it's your eyes i really think it's your eyes you had but you have a disarming nature that it's like you just yeah i talked about stuff on your show that i haven't talked about in other shows yeah well thanks kudos to you for that i mean it's just well not having much of a format helped because you can kind of <laughs> like just go in different directions right right uh it's been it's been a lot of fun but the thing is it's like i love podcasting so much that i want to step it up and so i want to do that with the new show the thing about Man School is it's only going to be men on the show. No women at all. Not in like a misogynist way, but it's just like, that's. N- I just want to hear th- from the male experience. Would you have someone who was previously a man that had a sex change? I, I suppose. See? So that you well, I, had, that I did have one tranny on the Gentleman's Club. Yes, I remember. That Domino was the one Cressley. Was, yes, I listened to that one. That was what I was referencing, trying to reference that earlier. I remember that earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. If, if you saw her walking down the street, you would not be like, oh, dude, dude, dude alert. Yeah, exactly. No. No. Oh, yeah. And one of the big people I want to thank is Erica Icon. She's a publicist over at the Rub PR. Mm-hmm. And the thing oh about, no, she's great. Yeah. The cool thing about Erica is she got she got to know me, know my show, and I'd be like, "All right, send me porn stars, but no dummies. Like they got to be like fun chicks." So most of the fun chicks who I've had on the show were from Erica. The great thing about this this isn't an this isn't the end of Gentlemen's Club. This is this is moving on to the next level because I really feel that man school is going to be the next level of what is all, everything you did for gentlemen's club is sort of a, a, a the build up to this this new project for you it's yes yeah, it sounds about so right so it's so it's like uh, it's like you're dying and being reborn <laughs> in a way it's very jesus like well i also got tired of like not putting out gentlemen's clubs cuz it used to be a weekly show for so long that i just got like so so busy just couldn't make it happen anymore right but pretty much put out a weekly episode for two years wow which is really hard to do wow yes i've been doing it a year and i can just say that i'm already starting to feel it like 
I could use some weeks off. Your show is a lot of work because you have to go do other shows just to do your show. Yeah, I think we're going to be switching up the format to make it easier because it's uh, it's definitely. Um, but also, you know, like like you, I like that you know you're reflecting and you're growing. Some podcasts, I kind of feel like I'll check in with them, and it's like it's pretty much the same. And yeah. I feel like I really didn't want my show to get reviewed even or get attention until it's been around for a year. Cause now I feel like, okay, now I'm really, now I know how to do that first 10 minutes of the show mm-hmm. to get to the, to the meat of the show. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that I knew what I was doing. And now there's like technical aspects like, Oh, I wish I'd known this. I almost want to go back and re-edit <laughs> previous episodes to, to make them sound better. There's so much stuff I learned, but, um, uh, so I, I, I just, I'm really feeling like empathetic with you right now. Just like saying, Hey, it's over. I, you know what? You might inspire me to quit my podcast. Wow. I might quit Podcrash. What? Why should I keep doing it? Why should I keep doing it? Well, the show? logistically, are you going to run out of other podcasts to crash? No, that will never happen. Never There's happen. Okay. too many podcasts on the planet. I mean, I could just stick in one category, just comedy, and I would never be able to do them all. Uh, but I yeah. like to bop around between comedy and just all different types of podcasts. But, yeah, you've got your hands in a lot of different worlds. Right, right. But, I, you know, but yeah, that's not that's not it. It's really the time suck. It's the time suck. And also like knowing that when I'm going to be on a show, I want to be different every time. Right. I want to talk about the same subject matter. Good Fin luck. Final thoughts. What have we learned? What have you learned? You know, the biggest thing that I've learned about the Gentleman's Club is, is, is just like a real life lesson. If you want to do something and you come back to it and you put effort into it each week, it will grow into something awesome. But it is certainly not for podcasting or pretty much anything that's worth your time. It's not worth, worth it for anyone who just wants immediate gratification. Because, like, it, you know, it takes, takes a while to get comfortable on the microphone and, and then with guests and every single thing involved with the process. So just... So just the fact that like I've been able to like build something from putting in the hard work and like watering the plants week after week after week, like that is like something I will take into other things in life and to be like, oh yeah, remember how it worked with Gentleman's Club, especially, especially with man school, but pretty much anything. Like if you, if you want to do something, you just got to stick to it. I'm going to, I think um, I speak for all the listeners of Gentleman's Club and all the past guests. I say Caleb Bacon, you have been the best guest on the Gentleman's Club with Caleb Bacon. Thank you. This is Tim Hammer calling in to uh, the final Gentleman's Club show. It seems like only yesterday that uh, Caleb and I had our, our first first time meeting in person. And uh, we met, fittingly, in a food court. That's where uh, most of my business takes place, in a food court. Uh, the food court Century City. From there, um, podcast history was made. If podcast has a history, it was made then. It was made in... The apartment of, uh, of Mr. Caleb Bacon, which was a, a, a great place to do a show. We actually originally weren't going to do it in, uh, in Caleb's man cave there. We were going to rent this uh, freelancer office space place, and uh, that was where we met. It's a big show. I got, I, I've got to thank Jason sticking with us after day one because uh, the original concept for the show was we were going to do lots of segments because we, we, we didn't feel we were that good at just winging it and uh, so we were, we were we were doing takes it was like take one take two Jason just, just hung in there with us I mean when, he, when we were done he was shaking his head going I don't know about this stuck with us and he you know he became more than just a, uh, an, an engineer he was the key part to 
to our show and a, and a, and a really good good guy. And, you know, we had a really really exciting run there, and it, it just it just got fun. And I hope you guys had some fun too. Uh, really really excited for uh, Caleb's new show, The uh, Man School. Please continue to support Caleb. Continue to listen. He's he's doing great great stuff. I'm out of the podcast game, but. Um, I'm enjoying life at the moment. Things are going well. Thanks to all the, the folks on Facebook who, who asked me to come on to the show. Thanks to uh, Caleb for inviting me to come come back on the show. Thanks to Caleb for, I think, responding to a tweet of mine saying, saying you're doing a podcast, and like, right away, boom, that's kind of, I said boom. I don't, I don't know where that came from. But well, we exchanged emails, and then, then the next was this meeting in a food court. And then there were many more meetings in food courts from there on. The West Side Pavilion food court was my favorite. Century City, nicer looking than the West Side Pavilion at the time, although I'm, I'm hearing since I've left, they do charge for parking now. Free parking, free internet, and four different kinds of teriyaki. So how could you not like that place? But yeah, that, that, that's where we went. It was a lot of fun. It's something that I miss doing. Thanks, Caleb. Good luck on the next show. Thank you to Don Magic Wan for giving me an awesome soundbite that would go on to become the, the opening of the show. Didn't expect that. Just put a recorder in front of that guy's face and just let it go. And lastly, thank you to, to Jack A. Harry. Thank you for being my muse. Thank you for all the inspiration you provided me to get through not only that show, but through the day, day and night. I'm having a beautiful mural of her painted at, as we speak. I'm, I'm, I'm here right in front of this artist who thinks I'm nuts, but I'm paying you, so keep going. Yeah. No. Yes. That right there. Okay. All right. So I got to run. I got to help this guy with the mural that I'm working on. Thanks again to all the listeners. Thanks to everybody for supporting the show, and a uh, big, big thanks to, uh, to to Caleb and Jason. Uh, you guys are awesome, and uh, good luck to everybody. All right, all right, I'm leaving. I'm hanging up now. See you guys. Bye.